And welcome inside the Inside Source, the official ACU TV podcast here at Abilene Christian University in Abilene, Texas, here recording our episode 12 of our NFL series in the Don Morris Center, the Journalism and Mass Communications Department. I'm Joseph Chapa, sophomore journalism major from Edinburgh, Texas, alongside who I like to call my Sean McVeigh. Hutton Harris, our ACU TV director and now college professor. How you doing, man? What is up, Joseph? What is up? Thanks for having me. Uh, episode 12 or 13 or 14 of this year, man, we're we're rocking along on the inside source. This is going to be a lot of fun. Consistency is a recipe for success, and I think it's great to have all of us as students and directors, and we've yep. got guests coming in. We've all got busy schedules. Things come up. Um, and, and to be able to do this consistently and have this great body of work to show to our future employers and even just now to our friends and family and, uh, and our colleagues is really great. Well, and I think we should also thank the, 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 the guy that put all this together, Nathan Gibbs, who's not here at ACU anymore. He, he went home to San Diego, but I was talking to him yesterday and I just said, you know, your legacy may be laughing, of course, your legacy may be this podcast room because I've had a, a few people that have listened to our podcast over the last couple of months, and they've just been like, man, you guys sound really professional. I'm like, because we have really nice equipment. Yeah. So I, it's, it's thanks to Nathan on that. Um, we're very we're very lucky to have this here, for sure. He was the one professor that I wish I, I would have taken. If I would have known he was leaving back home to San Diego to go teach over there, I would have definitely tried and forced my way into one of his classes, but yep. uh, good point of contact there. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about our favorite team in the NFL – the Dallas Cowboys, the 2-1 Dallas Cowboys defeating yep. the New York football Giants, who were 2-0. They are legit this year. The NFC East is no longer the NFC least. I mean, we can always get into that, right? Right. Uh, but let's talk about this Monday night football game, Dallas Cowboys on the defense. Man, what would you think if Tony Romo and Des Bryant had that type of defense? Yeah, I mean, again, I just showed you a, a gif of <laughs> my brother and I and my dad at the 1995 uh, Super Bowl parade in Dallas. And uh, that was really the last time, maybe somewhere in the mid 2000s, where we had a pretty solid defense like this. But I do believe that, I mean, the they, they mentioned it last time on the broadcast how many uh, first round picks Jerry Jones, as a general manager, has hit on when it comes to Pro Bowl talent. Now, it may not always mesh, right? Yeah. But it seems to be meshing right now. I mean, obviously, you have all-world all linebacker Micah Parsons. You know, you know you've know, you got uh, Stephon Diggs' brother. You know, uh, I, I feel like the biggest thing for me is just watching the unit put pressure. And they mentioned that on the broadcast several times last night with Daniel Jones. Like, golly, th these quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, obviously, and Brady. Brady's a little bit different, but um, just how fast – these guys get there, you know, and that, that really is, I've not seen that in, in 25 years. And it seems like that was the game plan of defensive coordinator for the Cowboys, Dan Quinn, uh, Danny Dimes, you know, yep. Daniel Jones got pressured. I want to say around 24, 25 times his career high. Right. And yep. while Micah Parsons, you know, before the game, he was feeling a little under the weather. Then he tweets a, a gif of Michael Jordan, the flu game with Scottie Pippen, you know, holding yeah. him uh, in the playoffs. And, you know, Michael Parsons didn't have that star studded game that he had against the Bucks and the Bengals 
But again, you pressure a guy like Daniel Jones, who right. kind of playing like you in intramurals, man. I know I texted you that. I mean, Daniel Jones, you know, your progressions aren't there, your hot read, and then you got your checkdowns is covered. But that middle of the field, that nose, you get five, seven yards, and, right. and you put pressure on the defense saying, are we going to put a spy on Daniel Jones? Right. Or are we going to contain Daniel Jones? Uh, but, man, that defense was electric and really carried the performance. Well, I think that it was a, a good defensive game plan because, again, yeah, you don't mind it. Daniel Jones rushing for 70 yeah. yards because yeah. he's not going to break one. You know, he may get you chunk yards every once in a while. I mean, again, even uh, Tom Brady or, or somebody can get you a couple yards every once in a while, but you're not giving up touchdowns that way. And, yeah. and Saquon did break one. We can talk about, you know, the, the game here in a minute, but holistically there weren't many big plays, you know, and that's what the Cowboys do to you is they make you choose. And uh, the Giants were, they mentioned on the broadcast last night that the Giants are slow starters. Yeah. And that the Cowboys flipped the script on them last night. Yeah, I mean, all of their, I believe, you know, before the game, heading into the game, it was like 34 points to seven points. The Giants had seven first-half points all season long and like 34 in the second half. Right. So now the Cowboys really just started off hot, kind of like that Cincinnati game where that one, those first two drives, man, were just beautiful by Cooper Rush. And let's talk about him, Hutton. Cooper yep. Rush, 3-0 and as a Cowboys starter, 2-0 and this season against the Bengals and now the New York football Giants. What do you think about him? I know the media is kind of spinning in a way, okay, is he better than Dak? But obviously that's just hoopla. That's just, you know, all the hype. But is he going forward, is he the right answer while Dak is getting healthy and, and getting back into his workouts? Is he the right answer for the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, I mean, he he's a winner, obviously. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not just saying that because he's won two games in a row and really three games in you know, his career, but he doesn't get rattled, it doesn't seem like, you know, and he makes some really nice, under pressure throws he's gonna throw some interceptions that's just the way it is you have to get you know reps but he's not better than Dak I would not take him over Dak in a million years and yeah. no one nobody would probably that's just 24-hour television being you know bored um again Cowboys win they're going to the Super Bowl Cowboys lose they should fire their, their head coach <laughs> they should get rid of everybody so it's yeah. just you can't listen to that stuff but Ultimately, all you need is a bus driver when it comes to pe this kind of offense. I mean, you've got two really solid running backs, not not amazing running backs anymore. I would say they're they're solid. Uh, Pollard maybe someday, right? But CeeDee Lamb is definitely definitely a top ten receiver, maybe a top five when he, he, when he has the best when he has uh, the ball in his hand. And then when they get Michael Gallup back, I mean, and Dalton Schultz, I mean, it's not like. Um, they're going. I don't think that they're going to replicate what they had last year off the bat because you you did lose Amari Cooper. But to answer your question, I think for the time being, three or four more weeks, whatever it is, two weeks, two weeks, Cooper Rush is going to be fine. He may not go undefeated, and that doesn't mean he's, he's terrible. It just means that he's not losing you the game, and he's even giving you a little bit more. Yeah. And, and talking about the offense, you kind of look at that that Giants game and even the Bengals game, and you're like, okay. What if we had Dalton Schultz, right, who missed uh, yesterday Monday Night Football? What if we had Michael Gallup? And what if, you know, we had a better – what if we had Tyron Smith? All those different questions, and you right. talk about, of course, you add Dak to the mix. It's like that offense would be, if not even more explosive than last season's. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, it's – everybody's getting older. This offensive line is getting older, but – um, there are still ways to use this these explosive players. Yeah. Zeke looks good early. He he looked good on that touchdown last night. He looks good when you give him the ball and he can find a hole. But you know Pollard is is the new toy for the offense. He can kind of be anywhere. But I mean these this isn't a 
bad offense. It's just a offense that's in week three, you know, that yeah. we like they're just figuring it out. So it's not, I'm sorry, it's not going to be uh, the, 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 uh, the greatest show on turf Rams. It's just probably not going to be right. You're not going to no have, you're not going to have people setting records more than likely, but that doesn't mean you can't compete. And I think we can talk about this in a minute, but if your goal is to survive until Dak comes back and then also be thriving when Dak comes back, you really have to stay in games. You can't waste games by saying we're only going to throw because we're down 20 points, right? Yeah. You can't, you, you probably are not going to be up 25 points probably any time in, unless you're just playing, you know, the worst team in the league or whoever, right? But you just have to find that happy medium to improve every week so that when Dak does come back, you're not three games below 500 and the Eagles or whoever, you know, the Eagles are are five games, uh, you know, um, ahead of you. And that's the game plan, and you laid it out perfectly. That's the blueprint right now of the Dallas Cowboys is that defense, again, always seems like in, in recent histories the Cowboys either have a very elite offense, right, with the lead offensive line, you got weapons out on the perimeter, and then that defense is just subpar. Well, now it's kind of looking like the opposite but barring health, right? And then right. going forward, it's defense – and, and that offense has really got to put the pressure on early and drives go up yeah. because Cooper Rush, as good as he is, and I agree with you, he is not better than Dak and all this hype amongst Cowboys Nation and 24-hour television is just not true. But the Cowboys and Cooper Rush is not the type of offense where you can't come out from behind. I'm not saying that's not possible, but that's not ideal, especially when you play up against a guy like Jalen Hurts with the Eagles who's thriving, or Matthew Stafford who, again, with the elbow injury and with that banged-up offensive line is still a really good football club. Well, and I think, again, yes. I mean, that's exactly right. You you want, if you're the Cowboys, over the next, how many how many more weeks is Dak out? Two weeks, three weeks? Well, so Jerry Jones is saying he wants him back as soon as the Philadelphia game. But originally it was like six to eight weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I think every time you win, you give Dak more time. That's the way I would look at it. Right. Yeah. Um, the problem is, is your, your main competitor is not stopping their, the, the Eagles. They're, they're not, they're not going to not, you know, they're going to try to win. They're going to try to put the pedal to the metal yeah. while Dak is out. Um, now there's the wild card, obviously, but I mean, we can get into that later. But ultimately, Every time that Cooper Rush leads the Cowboys to victory, uh, that gives Dak some more time to at least think about resting. And and that's really important because in the past, what's happened is is when Dak or Romo got hurt or, you know, whoever, back to Drew Bledsoe or only you you you're rushing them back because, oh wait, they're losing two out of three or two out of four, you know, like and then you're like, well, we have, well, it's, you know, it, the NFL just is a, is a win now league. Yeah. And so if you can, and they've already done a great job. I think, I think if you told Cowboy fans that he would win two games, I think they would have taken that. Right. Sure. I would say that. But I think if he can win three out of four, or three out of five, four out of five, then you're looking, you're looking a lot better than you thought the second that he went down in that Tampa Bay game. And before we, you know, go to break and talk about kind of the future outlook for our Dallas Cowboys, let's talk about who they played in Monday Night Football. That was the Giants, right? Now yep. they're two and one yep. heading into the season. You have questions about Saquon Barkley. The Giants even have questions about is Daniel Jones the starting quarterback? You have some really good draft picks on both ends. Evan Neal manning that right tackle. What did you really think of the Giants, and what do you expect from them moving forward? Yeah, the Giants don't impress me very much. <laughs> they just, they just don't. Straight I mean, I, I, I just, I just think that they're in, um, they're in this purgatory, kind of like the Cowboys are a little bit, to where they have a. I mean, yeah, they're, they probably draw a big crowd, and they, you know, they a lot of people watch them, and they have a fun quarterback, 
they have Saquon Barkley, who has kind of revived his young career, yeah. right? But I, I, I cannot see him progressing enough to to have uh, basically for him to win the MVP, so that you know, be, you know, so, so they can win games. They, they had, they, I know they drafted Thibodeau, right? Uh, yep. Right. Yep. Uh, second overall, mm-hmm. he'll be good. Obviously, they have some, they have some good pieces. But ultimately, they play in a division now where it's going to be run by the Eagles and the Cowboys, and the Commanders will figure out a way to pressure you for sure. Yeah. Um, I just, I can see the the Giants winning eight games this year or something because they're not bad. They're not they're bad. Not, it, it's no. it's just that I mean they beat the Panthers, and I'm not too excited about the Panthers and the Titans and the Titans and the Titans were the one seed last year, but everyone knows that was a fake one seed. I mean. I, I can see them doing what most NFL teams do and win seven or eight, nine games and just kind of being around. And that's what you want to avoid if you're the Cowboys. Yeah. You know, that's that's been their calling card for darn near 20 years is they're going to have really awesome, fun, you know, Monday night football games or Sunday night football games and everyone's going to talk about them. But then you're going to lose to the Panthers. <laughs> you're going to lose to the whoever, you know, and it's just yeah. like, well, that doesn't help. And that's where that's where I see the Giants going. And it kind of seems like the Cowboys in history, it's your point about the Giants, are kind of being sedentary right now. And really, that eight-win prediction, I mean, if you're a Giants fan heading to the season, I think, you know, all the major networks were like over under five and a half, over under six and a half. It's to say eight wins. I think they're I better. I think they're better than that. They, they have a suitable quarterback. Yeah. Okay? He's not great. He's suitable. They lost Sterling Shepard on the last play of the game last night. Yep. He's, I mean, he's almost 30. So it's not like he was going to, you know, set the world on fire. But he was a good piece. Um, the, the Giants, since they lost Odell Beckham, just haven't really had firepower. And honestly, the Giants are kind of like the Marlins when it comes to in, in baseball, where they get to the playoffs once every seven or eight years and they win the Super Bowl. And so yeah. you can't really, I mean, that's what Eli hung his hat on, right? Yeah. I would say both of those Giant teams were, they were probably two of the worst 50 <laughs> Super Bowl teams or 100 Super Bowl teams. And there's no question. I mean, but it doesn't matter. They figured out a way to win. And so that's the magic of the playoffs, right? So I do think ultimately that they'll finish last in this division or sec- or, or very close second to last because I, I think the commanders are almost the same way except that they they don't have as dynamic of a running back. Antonio Gibson's good, but um, they don't have – they have a better – I think they have a better receiving core. I think Terry, Mag- Terry McGoran. Agreed. Uh, they have better – but. I think Danny Dimes is a little bit better than than Carson Wentz is at this point in the career. So that that's where I'm going to say. Yep. Well, the other two teams in the NFC East, the Eagles and Cowboys, will be matching up in Week 5. And after this break, we're going to talk about the outlook in Weeks 4, 5, and 6, whenever Dak may come back and seeing where the Cowboys can kind of line up and improve the team on both ends before their franchise quarterback comes back. This is the Inside Source here on Spotify. And welcome back to the Inside Source. I'm Joseph Chapa alongside Hutton Harris, and we're just chopping it up about our Dallas Cowboys. We talked about that Monday night football victory against the New York Giants, talked about Cooper Rush, 
the stellar performance by the defense. And again, while Micah Parsons did not really just blow out of, of, of the TV screen, you had guys like Doran Armstrong, Dante Fowler, who they signed in the offseason, really just breaking up plays, Armstrong with two sacks. There's not really anyone on the Cowboys' defense that you can say, oh, yeah, we don't need him. No, they need everybody, and especially Dan Quinn. But Hutton, let's talk about the future, right? They play against the Washington Commanders here on Sunday at noon. What do you kind of expect for the Cowboys going up against a team like the Commanders? And then after that, you go up against two really juggernauts in the NFC, maybe in the whole NFL, Eagles and the Rams. Yep. Uh, The Cowboys won the division last year, right? So they have a tough schedule this year. That's how it boils down. That's what it boils down to. Um, That's why they flashed this graphic up last week or last night. There has not been a repeat division winner in 17 years. Yeah. 17 years. <laughs> so that was my freshman year in college. So <laughs> it's all, that has been almost as long as I've been alive. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so thank you for aging me there. <laughs> but um, I, I would say this I would say the commanders are, I'm an AL West uh, guy when it comes to like the Rangers and the Mariners and the Angels. The, the, NL East and the AL West are very similar in that you have the the Los Angeles Angels and the Seattle Mariners who are very equivalent to the Giants and and the Commanders. People want them to be good. They have stars. So you have, again, Terry McLaurin. You've got Antonio Gibson. You've got Carson Wentz, right? Um, we talked about Saquon Barkley. You have Mike Trout in the MLB. You've got Sheho Otani. Um, you know, you had King Griffey Jr. and Randy Johnson and all these people, right? So for the Mariners, but all four of those teams, they they rarely rise to the top. Yeah. And so within the Cowboys division, I I I don't see the commanders winning the division. Now, it it is, I mean, again, they're they're the, they are they were in the 70s and 80s and 90s. They're the Cowboys' main rival, right? Yeah. Um, and so never take that for granted. I think that in the past probably 10 years, I'm not looking at the script, but I'm probably saying it's a, a true rivalry. I would say it's right down the middle 50-50. But it really does, to me, come down to pressuring Carson Wentz, just like the Cowboys did last night. How do they come off a short week, right? I'm assuming that's a noon game. It usually is a noon game, so yeah. that's three extra hours you don't get, you know? Um, and make, making him make mistake because he usually does he's pretty good about making those mistakes when <laughs> when, when when he and he was the same way in philadelphia same way in indianapolis that's what i see ultimately is how do you get michael parsons how do you get uh lawrence how do you how do you get these big guys fast past the line of scrimmage to make carson wentz make a decision to where again trayvon Diggs and so on and so forth can pick the ball off so joseph let me ask you this as as a as a Cowboys fan, tell me what your thoughts are on um, wh- when the Cowboys have a a, a great first drive because they're yeah. j- very very good at that. Yeah, <laughs> and everybody feels like oh here here comes you know here know. comes the real Cowboys right, and then they stall. What do you see in that scenario, and why do they why do you think they stall for a couple of quarters? I kind of think into Kellen Moore's mind which is impossible because he is, right. you know, again, as, as Cowboys friends, we can criticize him, we can love him, but he knows so much about football more than anybody, you know, a lot of people in the world. And I kind of think about it, okay, so the first drive against the Giants, you do a nice outside zone play, now you start off with the bootleg play action, nice end around with Tony Pollard, and then your play sheet kind of gets thinner and thinner and thinner, and I think that's why they stall yeah. because you take out all your magic tricks, 
all your, you know, what you want to put out against the Giants, you do it all in the first drive, and in that second, third, fourth drive, which is maybe punts or field goals, you just kind of stay stagnant and just run the ball. I think it's just a yeah. lack of creativity. I agree. I, I just, I, I've, you see it over and over and over again, where again, first drive looking great, Zeke scores, or, you know, in the past, Amari Cooper or Dalton Schultz or whoever, right? But um, bottom line is, is that you're right. I think the playbook gets thinner. Um, I just looked it up. Cowboys are favored by three early. So to me, that doesn't show a lot of confidence from the the people in Las Vegas, right? Saying that the Cowboys. So I think Cooper Rush, honestly, has to go prove himself again. And that's that's what I that's what that tells me, right? Because um, usually you get a point or two when you're at home, but. yeah, I th- I think that this game will be a tough one. I th- I see it as a 27 to 19, 27 to 21 type game where it's kind of back and forth, Cowboys score first and then all of a sudden, you know, it's a, it's a it's so maybe the Commanders are ahead of halftime, but then just like last night, the Cowboys yeah. just kind of figure it out because defense and running the ball, that's what wins you games. Yep. It does, and that's the recipe even going forward against a team like the Eagles, which, again, we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, and especially against the Rams. Right. But that same type of recipe, because you don't have a guy like Dak and because uh, Michael Gallup, who is a great deep threat, you really have to rely on the defense. I think with defense, I think with a guy like Trayvon Diggs, who I know Cowboys Nation is really happy that he's very opportunistic, he's a ball hawk, but that is also a blessing and a curse, right? Because you jump those routes, you think you have the right instinct, you think you got the right timing, and boom, just a second late, you could have got the interception. Or you jump it, and it's, a, it's an offsides, right? And the right. Cowboys have so many penalty problems. I know yeah. they probably give you a headache just as much as they give me one. Yeah, I mean, do I think that Cowboys are going to um, compete for an NFC title? I, I, I can't say that right now. <laughs> I think that we should be happy where they are because of the stuff, what you just said, right? Yeah. I mean, this is what happens in Cowboys Nation is that one or two great things go right, and then people start pr- planning a parade. Yeah, And it's like, whoa. Okay, let's just be excited that they're yeah. two and one, you know, instead of zero and three, because that was a real possibility, you know, three weeks ago. Um, I just looked at the Eagles' schedule; um, they have a pretty easy schedule. I mean, they're playing the Cardinals this week. Yep. Okay, um, they're going to play the Steelers the week after the Cowboys. They're going to play the Texans, the Commanders, the Colts. They don't have a tough game until basically Thanksgiving against the Packers. Wow! And so that's not. I mean, obviously, it's the NFL. Something gonna happen. Yeah, I mean the Chiefs lost, the Bucks lost, you know, so the Bills lost this week, right? But who do you see in the NFC? Kind of transitioning just a little bit. Who sure. do you see in the NFC besides the Eagles that can compete for that top one or two seeds? I would definitely go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and and along with a team like the Los Angeles Rams, who those are the two teams that heading into last season were the heavy favorites to win the NFC. And now, of course, the San Francisco 49ers, Jimmy G, we know what he can bring to the table. But I say the Bucs because not only because of Tom Brady, but because of that defense. Yep. I think going yep. back to their Super Bowl win against the Chiefs, yes, they had Brady. Yes, they had weapons on the perimeter. Yes, they had a nice running game with Leonard Fournette, and at the time, Ronald Jones, right, and a good offensive line but now the defense has really 
uh, flip the script and you can pressure the quarterback. You can drop back three or four and you can um, right. make the quarterback choose, okay, am I reading this guy or that guy? Um, I would definitely go with the Buccaneers. I think they're, they're really heavy favorites. Vegas should keep an eye on them. Um, I wish I could say my Cowboys, man, but maybe we'll get there eventually. Yeah, I don't know what the odds are right now to to uh, to get to the NFC title game, which I think, again, has to be the Cowboys' goal. Yeah, has to be. Has every to. every year. If you're not on the doorstep of the Super Bowl, you failed. And and so, and it really is that simple. That's that's very simply why um, if you look at someone like Tom Brady compared to someone like Aaron Rodgers, uh, they're not even in the same conversation because, mm-hmm. because again, talent-wise, of yeah. course they are, right? Yeah. But uh, Brady gets it done. Yeah. And Brady, I mean, he just gets it done. Plain and simple. Plain and simple, right? Whereas you're looking at even someone like Tony Romo. It's like, he never got it done. I mean, why why is he in the conversation for you know one of the best Cowboys quarterbacks? Talent wise, sure, of course, you know. But to me, I, I just I I have to look at pedigree, like you're saying, yep. with the Bucks, and I would tend to agree. They just they will figure it out because that's the way Brady's Patriot teams and they're missing Godwin, they're missing Evans last week, you know. I mean, and they took a, a, a pretty good Packers team all the way to the very very end, you know, and so. Yeah. Um, I would agree with you. I think I think it's the the Bucks and the probably the Packers somewhere in there. But the Cowboys have a chance with this defense. Again, it it doesn't necessarily garner headlines, but I mean, they could have three or four Pro Bowl, you know, um, not Pro Bowl anymore. I guess they don't play Pro, Pro Bowl anymore. But I know, you know with that. But Pro Bowl uh, games. <laughs> but all Pro, all Pro, yeah. you know, defenders. And so, man, I'm telling you, those Cowboys teams of the '90s, that's what they hung their hat on. And yeah. then Emmitt and Michael. And uh, and Troy kind of obviously were great too, but and, and you know it's one thing because because my dad and my entire family and you say oh the '90s and I'm like yes and I've seen it on YouTube I've seen it on NFL Network but it's a whole other thing to live it. One last uh, question and then we'll yeah. um, we'll wrap up this podcast. So some of my keys uh, for the Cowboys to get a victory against Washington is one discipline, right? And I think that's a theme that on this podcast and really all of Cowboys Nation is going to talk about. Penalties, penalties, penalties. You got guys like Tyler Smith who really did great in against the Giants, but on the defensive end, right, offsides, holding, and all that stuff that just lags the game, right? Uh, the second thing is the Giants were very aggressive against the Cowboys. Lots of blitzes and overload blitzes, and they shouldn't have done that, right? So I think the commanders recognize that, and they're just going to be dropping back and say, all right, Cooper Rush, we know that Tony Pollard and Zeke and we'll got some screen passes that can beat us, but what can you do? And like you said, this is a Cooper Rush's chance to prove himself. And I think the third thing is again, you got a guy like Micah Parsons, and I don't think anyone in the NF in the you know the football community should question his ability to be a star and to be a stud. But again, can you have that two sack game? Can you get have that one fumble recovery game? or an interception game, and the diversity that Dan Quinn puts him in as a um, defensive end, defensive tackle, and linebacker is really excellent. So I say those are my three keys for the Cowboys to go 3-1. and one. What are yours? My three keys would be this. Number one, get out to a hot start because, again, this is what the Cowboys do, and they do it well. So yeah. get out to a hot start, score 10 points in the first quarter, figure out a way to be ahead at halftime. That's what I would say. Um, the second thing would be avoid turnovers. I know this is generic, but you, you don't want to give the other team, especially a team that's not as good as you, any chance, especially when you're at, when you're at home. You just yeah. don't want to do it, right? And then the third to me would some, somehow you, you have to continue to get C.D. Lamb in space. 
he showed it last night. He dropped a he dropped he dropped a pretty awesome pass by Cooper Rush that may have been a touchdown, but then he made up for it, obviously. Yeah. But I mean, just from a fantasy perspective, that's why he's so exciting is because you don't have to just throw him the ball on an out route. You can get him the ball on a dump route or, you know, kind of a flare or any any type of wheel route, get him open in space fast. I think if the Cowboys are going to continue to uh, ride the offense um, in the second half, he has to be an elite receiver. Yeah, and it's still, it's still. Uh, I would say the jury is still out on him until Michael. Sorry, but until until Michael Gallup comes back, because to me, you need two receivers. I, I and I think once Gallup comes back, which I don't know if it will be this week, maybe it will. But uh, I think if he can get going, then that frees up CeeDee Lamb quite a bit. But I just think getting him the ball no matter what, because if you look back at the, the Tampa Bay game or you look back at any game last year that the Cowboys have had real trouble with, it, it's it's been because they don't get the ball to someone like CeeDee Lamb or Amari yeah. Cooper. So, yeah, that's well, it. But I think uh, – la- sorry, the last thing I'll say oh, is yeah, just, I, I just feel like the Cowboys are in a good position, you know. Yeah. Had they lost that game last night, I mean, it, it really is that that razor thin. Yeah. Had they lost that game, they would have been three games behind, right, in the division, and you're playing Philadelphia in week five. That's not a recipe for success. Nope. And so now if we're coming back here next week and we're two and two, that's trouble. That's trouble because now you're looking at a real possibility of two and three or two and four. Yeah. Because I'm not saying the Rams are bad. They're going to stomp you. But, I mean, enjoy this while it lasts. Let's put it that way. Because – you have to continue to beat bad teams and compete against the good ones. Well, let's pray and hope that we come back here next week and talk about our 3-1 Cowboys heading to Philadelphia to play them in Week 5. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. Joseph Chapa, Hutton Harris, signing off here for our Episode 12, The Inside Source, and another episode of our NFL series this season. Have a blessed day, and go Cowboys. Cowboys.